Imagine if you could overhear private, unfiltered conversations between the world's most influential and inspirational women. Now you can. Welcome to Leadership Global, where you'll hear from inspiring leaders who will help you define your vision, grow your leadership, expand your influence, and increase your impact to leave a lasting legacy. Thank you for joining the Lead Hership Global program this week. At Lead Hership Global, we feature inspiring connections with powerful women in business, politics, and entertainment. Don't miss all the practical tools, resources, and quick tips that you can use today to show up, speak up, and step up in your career and personal life. Learn more about this confidential, supportive, and global community on our website, leadhershipglobal.com. Now, as women, how can we increase and maximize our influence to create a bulletproof leadership style that really stands out? You know, there are actual psychological and genetic distinctions of the female brain. And with these distinctions come various cognitive advantages, as well as challenges that women can experience uniquely. Executive coach and the founder and CEO of Executive Performance Institute for Coaching, Jenna Dillon, will deconstruct these distinctions and explore how women can play to these advantages and how they can overcome common challenging areas to better increase their discipline, their ability to problem solve, and their general overall performance. Now, before we dive in, let me tell you just a moment about Jenna Dillon, executive coach, keynote speaker, and CEO and founder of Executive Performance Institute for Coaching. Jenna works with high-performing individuals and top-tier organizations, helping accomplished and aspiring leaders achieve greater levels of fulfillment and success in their lives, their careers, within their organizational cultures, and as industry influencers. Jenna partners with her clients to uncover values, beliefs, and internal rules that, up until now, have constrained the achievement of their full potential. Jenna helps professionals enable exponential growth and achievement in an authentic, genuine way. We're so lucky to have Jenna on the program today. Jenna, thank you so much for joining us at Leadership Global. Thank you. Thank you so much for that eloquent introduction. I'm happy to be here. Oh, we're really happy to have you. So Jenna, just to start today's conversation, let me just ask you, along your journey, there must have been certain um, indicators that really wanted to focus on this specific area of study, right? And it, because as you said, human development, uh, leadership styles, leadership development is a huge area of study, a huge area of exploration. So what is it that really drove you? What were the experiences that drove you to really focus in on this idea of, again, actual psychological genetic distinctions of the female brain compared to the male brain that led women to slightly different leadership styles? Yes. Um, I think 
especially in the last couple of decades, and I would even argue before then, women are being integrated more and more in the workforce and the social norms and constructs we're creating are really evolving because of that. Um, and not just that, but that's certainly a part of it. And so being able to talk about from a neuroscience standpoint, the distinctions between the female and male brain I really believe can help us better understand not just each other on how, at least from a high level standpoint, how we process and think and discern in different ways, but also what our strengths are and how we can play to them and also collaborate with all genders. I love that. So tell us a little bit about in this area of study, what you found that really distinguishes a female brain from a male brain as it pertains to leadership and leadership styles? Yes. So I first want to give a disclaimer, and I alluded to this just a moment ago, but I know that there are a multitude of different genders that we're talking about in this day and age. And what our conversation will be around when we talk about the female brain and the male brain, it's going to sound very binary, but being sensitive to the fact that we're having a lot of discussion around genders, um, I want to just put it out there now at the beginning of our conversation that these are very high level concepts and patterns and trends that have been found in research. It by no means is categorizing all people who identify as female or all people who identify as male or anything in between. Every brain is different. Um, and with that said, <laughs> this is going to be a conceptual conversation here rather than getting to the nitty gritty because we can't possibly speak to every person, right? Um, so one of the distinctions that I find really interesting about the female brain versus the male brain is that the male brain is in fact larger than the female brain. The proportions genetically are actually different than that um, of the female brain to the male brain. And here's one example. So the women's hippocampus, which is critical for learning and memorization, is actually larger than the male brain. Similarly, the amygdala is actually bigger than in a male brain than the female brain. Okay. And so when we look at these different proportions, um, it's interesting to note how they're different, but then also what does it mean? Okay. So when you're looking at women, when they have this stronger ability um, or natural ability because of their genetic makeup to be better at learning and memorizing, uh, then they can actually have a better ability to think of longer term memories that they use for their discernment and for their decision-making, where men tend to be able to look at information that they remember in the short term and current, right? So that's one simple distinction that we can look at. Outside of that, we can even point to uh, the fact that the proportions of the female brain are different than male brains uh, because women tend to be more 
emotional creatures. Now, why is that? Okay. And that's, we're looking at kind of a social norm or even pattern that we're seeing socially, right? As women tend to be more emotional creatures. Well, it is in fact found in our research studies that they have the ability and an easier capacity, or excuse me, an easier um, ability to have a larger emotional bandwidth than that of men. Okay. And why that is, or at least what is speculation to why that is, is because when you look at the differences between the female brain and the male brain, there's something called the corpus callosum. And what that is, I'm not going to get too technical here, <laughs> but uh, what that is, is it's a white matter cable that is what connects and helps with communication from the right hemisphere of our brain and the left hemisphere of our brain. All right, so it helps each side of our brain engage and communicate with the other. And what they found in studies is that the female brain's corpus callosum is actually bigger than a male's, generally speaking. So what that means then is it's actually more likely for the female brain to take into consideration this emotional capacity and interweave it in their decision-making, right? So if you've heard of people who are right and left brain oriented, right? Uh, then that often, not all people, but often is more likely to happen in females rather than males. So I'll give you an example with some of my clients. My male clients um, tend to be one, either more creative or more analytical, right? And so uh, it's it's rarer than in females to have both in males. Does that make sense? Okay, so, <laughs> so when you look at that, um, there's a lot of different ways that not only the genetic makeup of the different brains can impact how they're different and how then the strengths are different, but also then um, how they are processing and making decisions. Got it. Okay. That's really fascinating. Now we're talking about the primary gender of male versus female, but as you said, this is a generalization. We know that there are gender identities well beyond just that binary distinction, but the difference between leadership between those two genders grows larger in any kind of crisis and female leaders express more awareness of fears that their team members may be feeling. They express more concern for the well-being of their teammates, and they express more confidence in their plans. So how does that square with some of the research that you found with the differences in the biology, you know, the, the brain makeup of men versus women? Yeah. So um, if you've heard of the right and left brain orientation, I'll talk a little bit more about that. So the right brain tends to be more emotional, more creative, more imaginative. Um, they'll enjoy like when people are processing in that part of their brain, they tend to like more storytelling or even more fiction versus nonfiction, right? Um, where the left side of someone's brain tends to be more logical, process-oriented, analytical, intellectual, um, and very factual, like very, very logistical, right? And so when you're looking at that, because there is, as I mentioned, this uh, uh, cross-intercommunication with that white matter cable I mentioned, right, the corpus callatum, then the women are able to access more parts of their brain and thus use their emotional 
bandwidth or their soft skills uh, when considering making decisions and communicating, right? And so they tend to be better at uh, their abilities overall. Um, it comes more naturally or easier to them to be sensitive to how they're communicating and consider other people's emotional experiences that they could or are having, right? They can spot it more if you will, or they can more easily be attuned to it, even if it's from a point of being intuitive, right? Which is that more right side orientation. Another thing anatomically about the differences between the brains, and this is something that I, I wanna make sure to mention. So it's not just how the brains are genetically um, or proportionately different, it's also how they're used different, differently. So, and I am not in neuroscience. So again, I'm just going to speak from a point of concept, but when there's been a lot of different studies done on observing a male brain and a female brain when processing in their work environment, males tend to have most of their brain activity in a specific local region um, for a certain, let's say, project that they're working on or a certain aspect in their life, let's say, where female brains tend to more often kind of ping pong from one hemisphere to the other and, and integrate more where males, males don't do that. So uh, again, generally speaking. So when you're considering that, it makes sense from a logistical standpoint pun intended, that women will be much more in tune and sensitive and taking into consideration from even a strategic standpoint, the soft skills and the way you communicate, not just what you communicate content-wise, but how you communicate. They'll be more sensitive in their planning to making sure that the people in the organization from a leadership and cultural standpoint are cohesive, that people feel safe and accepted, that there's camaraderie, that rapport is getting built, and that it's being modeled in a very synergistic way to the core values of the company, right? Uh, a male brain tends to process more around, let me figure out how to juggle multiple things at the same time. They're very good at that. If you think of like uh, juggling plates, right? Or, or spinning plates at the same time, right? Like the people at the circus. Uh, men tend to be much better at being able to juggle those plates. And from that conceptual standpoint, they have what are called visuospatial skills that far outweigh a woman's ability. Now, what are visual spatial skills? It's the ability to see shapes and objects and identify them, and then be able to compare and contrast and see the relationships between other objects around it. So when you think about that, um, not only conceptually are they able to juggle seeing multiple things at the same time, but they can connect them, right? It's one of the reasons why men tend to be more handy in, in like assembling furniture if it's been delivered to a house. <laughs> it's not as overwhelming as it might be to women, right? Uh, it's different skills, right? I love that. And I, you know, again, in those research studies that I've had the good fortune to be able to, to read and absorb, and um, I've listened to lots and lots of incredibly inspiring leaders speak to the research in this area. And it seems that women have some unique leadership capabilities that position them well to kind of thrive in this rapidly evolving global workplace. Um, and empathy, humility, self-knowledge are all areas that women excel. And they seem to be real keys in leadership. 
So when you think about creating, you know, this, this idea of a bulletproof leadership style for redefining women in a leadership role, how would you, how would you define that knowing the distinctions between women and men naturally, physiologically, as well as psychologically in terms of leadership style? I would say from a point of concept that when women or any human are looking to build their leadership skills, they have to be resourceful. So with women, look at the strengths that we naturally have, even based off of our conversation already, right? Where does that, if you were to assess and observe your behavior, where does it show that you are naturally excelling at? And then what are the areas that you excel at because you had to train yourself or you got training in to excel in that way, right? What are the areas that the people around you or people in the past or mentors have been able to have skills that you've gravitated towards them because they are more skilled than you, right? Take an assessment of that. And then from there, when you look at being resourceful as a leader, I always say, yes, of course, women in the workforce, because we are being integrated more and more, we want to be around people who support women, right? Whether it's women supporting women or any gender supporting women. And so being resourceful as a leader is being able to also recognize the people who not just support you from a mentorship standpoint, but from a colleague standpoint, or from even within the leadership team standpoint is making sure you're surrounding yourself with people who aren't just like you, but who are in fact different from you. So you can complement each other, right? And bring resource to each other. Okay. So that, that for sure is one key point that I make when it's about when women are considering how do they want to redefine a bulletproof leadership for themselves? It's surrounding yourself with people who don't just support you, but who are complementary to you, which means their strengths are different than yours. And you both identify and recognize, recognize that and know how to work together cohesively in the, in that way. I love that, Jenna. That's really smart. You know, I think regardless of, of gender, gender identity or assigned gender, impactful leadership is about making long lasting, positive and meaningful contribution to organizations, to communities, to lives of people. Now, how do you recommend to uh, your clients that they begin to combine their heart and their mind to lead, to achieve truly sustainable goals that build lasting impact. You know, I have found that the very best leaders that I know genuinely and generously influence people to believe in the mission, to trust them, to join them in creating incredible impact. So what do you recommend to your clients to help them combine their head with their heart, their mind with their heart, and to lead to create sustainable impact? So I think um, when we mentioned earlier emotional intelligence, that is the ability to not just know oneself, but then know how to engage with others. And that is very simply put, but the more we know ourselves or the more a woman knows her strengths or rather continues to be curious to understand themselves, and I'll say it that way intentionally because we are a fluid concept, us humans. We are we are continuing 
to ever evolve and ever change. To, so the point that we tell ourselves, oh, I know myself, stops that curiosity and thus puts a cap on us actually understanding ourselves more, right? So one, stay curious to asking yourself, who are you and how are you evolving and changing, whether innately or intentionally, how do you want to grow? And then the more you're aware of that, being also cognizant of the things that can be helpful to keep in your extrinsic world, not just in your intrinsic world, right? Uh, so uh, the, the things that will help reinforce the areas that you aren't as in tune to develop yourself or as innately to develop yourself, right? So I'll give a very simple example. If we're talking about women being more comfortable and innately able to grow in their communication skills and be more sensitive to people's emotions, then they can perhaps not be as strategic and process oriented, or rather have to learn that skill and keep up with that skill in a way that's just as efficient and effective as their ability to be in tune from an emotional intelligence standpoint, right? So being really mindful that as women, we don't slip into letting our emotions run the show and not know how to manage them, but also making sure that we can be process oriented and very strategic um, logistically. Love that. And so you're really talking about establishing a unique leadership style based on your own values, your character traits, your talents, your giftedness, and then really assessing where you have opportunities to learn and to grow, which kind of points to adopting a growth mindset, knowing that you do have the opportunity to evolve and grow and improve and expand and enhance whatever position you're in right now in terms of learning. So how do you begin to work with your clients to help them understand what their value set is, what their character traits are, what their talents are, and where they have the opportunity to really grow and advance and, and sort of expand? Yeah. So the, one of the first things that we do is, and I'm very transparent with them on what our objectives are. When we first start working together, we want to be able to find out what their natural tendencies are, where they gravitate, what the patterns are in the ways that they make decisions. What are their emotional associations to success, to failure, to themselves? We're kind of getting this whole if we started with a blank canvas, we're getting a whole clear picture or clearer picture of how does this person think? How does this person process emotion? What are their patterns behind it? And then how is that working for them per what the challenges are that they're facing, number one, and per the desired outcomes they want to be accomplishing? right? Because they didn't hire me because everything's going granular and wonderfully, right? They hired me because they want to figure out how to change something in their work environment or in their professional environment, right? And, or it's, it's not one, it's several things. So we first get clear on being able for not just me to understand what that picture per se looks like, but more importantly, for them to understand it. Because once they are conscious and aware to it, then we can start to work together on how to change some of those association, emotional associations, how to change some of the patterns so that they can have a different perspective of how to see the world, how to discern, how to problem solve, how to collaborate, how to innovate, 
et cetera. And then all these opportunities open up for them and they increase their productivity. They increase the way that they work with people, the way they delegate, the way they systemize, um, all of that starts to change. And so I tell people like, you know, I don't do less than six months working with whether it's an individual or a company because the J curve happens. It's they're learning, they're integrating, they're understanding themselves. And there's a little bit of progress, but then all of a sudden things start getting connected and then that J curve happens, right? So it's really about making the time to first help them understand who is this person in a way that they didn't see before and then working with that. I love that. So Jenna, let me ask you, kind of winding up our conversation today, what is some of the most impactful, meaningful leadership advice that you've ever received that you'd like to pass on to our audience? Yeah. um, You know, this will relate back to something I said earlier is I want if for the listeners and the viewers here, think about what is the skill or the trait that you're not good at, you're not great at, but you're exceptional at. So if there was one thing that makes you, you in the work environment or in any environment, what is that? And and really think about that. Really take some time to think about that. That only you, you're the only person on this earth that if you could be specific, what would that trait be? Then how do you utilize that? How do you stay true to yourself and emulate and demonstrate and model that in your own leadership style. And when I say leadership, you don't have to be a quote unquote leader that is managing one or more people. Leadership is how even somebody leads themselves forward, right? So how do you model and demonstrate that quality so people can learn from you? I love that. That's beautiful, Jenna. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining Lead Hership Global and being a part of the program today, Jenna. It was such a pleasure to dive into this conversation with you and really learn much more about how to redefine female bulletproof leadership. I so appreciate you so generously sharing your your expertise, your thoughts, your learning. I am very, very grateful. So thank you so much for being a part of Lead Hership Global. Thank you. It's been a privilege to be on here. I'm so humbled to be a part of this wonderful podcast you put together, Linda. I I hope that this continues to be a success for Leadership Global. Thank you. Thank you for joining Leadership Global's award-winning podcast. As a member of Leadership Global, you have the opportunity to meet inspirational leaders, create lifelong friendships, and be surrounded by others who are invested in your success. Join our global community of inspiring women in leadership, women who will help you create greater levels of impact, support your personal and professional breakthroughs, and help you accelerate your success. Don't miss out on the opportunity to show up, speak up, and step up in your professional and your personal life. Find out how you can join us at leadhershipglobal.com.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.